Welcome back to Beat the Good with Kate, the show that inspires each of us to see how we have the power to make a difference all around us. Each episode highlights an individual doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I get so excited about sharing each and every episode of Be The Good With You, and I hope you enjoy these people and stories. If you're new here, welcome, and if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad you found Be The Good With Kate and would love to hear from you. If you're finding value in these episodes, I invite you to share with someone who could also use this dose of good news, or tag me on social with your favorite quote from the episode. Every share, subscriber, review, and comment helps me to share these guests' wonderful work to more people. Thank you for your help in this. Kessler and I'm the host of the podcast Rewiring Health. For years I lived with constant negative chatter running through my head, feeling like I was never enough, struggling to relax, and on top of that I had pain and tension throughout my body. And that's why I created this podcast to help the people-pleasing, high-achieving perfectionists stop living in pain and on the edge of burnout. So if you want to start your healing journey, join me on Rewiring Health on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Now onto this week's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Today's guest on Be the Good with Kate is Roger Williams, who has such a neat story here. He's an author, podcaster, adventurer, and head crosser author of his bucket list. After more than 30 years working in the youth development and teaching field, a year in quarantine and two heart attacks, Roger embarked on an adult gap year to prioritize a life in which he finds his own personal joy through living out his bucket list and inspires others to do the same. In 2022, he completed a three-month journey traveling around the world to cross items off his bucket list and shares what he has learned with others on the Crossing It Off the Bucket List podcast and his book, Live Out Your List finding joy through a bucket list lifestyle. Roger, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, Kate, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very happy to be here with you. Well, thanks. I'm happy to hear from you. And I'm telling you, I was thinking about this before we hopped on here. I know that at the end of our conversation, my already giant it's for travel that happens at the because we're recording this at the end of winter when I just want to get some more warm I know that it's going to be a whole other level after hearing about all of this so please tell everybody more about who you are and what you do in your own words yeah so I'm just an average person out here trying to figure out what brings me joy that's really what I do uh, for myself and for others I like you said in the introduction I was turning 50 in 2020 and I had all these wonderful things that I was going to do and all these exciting plans that I had for myself to celebrate my 50th birthday. And I don't have to tell people uh, that didn't happen. That was just not in the cards. And so it got me thinking about, you know, where I found my self-worth and what my life was going through, you know, what I, what I wanted to do with it and how I wanted to be known. And in the end of uh, 2020 in December, I had a heart attack which um, just facilitated that conversation being even stronger in my head. And I just woke up one day and like most Americans, you know, 95% of us would say that we have a bucket list, but only 40% of us have it written down and do anything about it. And so I decided I wanted to be a part of that 40%. I didn't want to just think about it and push it off. And, you know, maybe one day uh, things go along. So I went on all my social media accounts and changed my uh, job description to be the head crosser offer of my bucket list. And part of that was, is that, you know, that question that kept coming up in my head was the same question we ask everybody, you know, when we first meet them, it's like, well, what do you do? And the response typically is, 
who you work for and what you do to, to earn money from them. And so I wanted to change that conversation for myself and the other people that I met that I didn't want to answer that question with what I did. I wanted to answer that question with who I am and who I am is somebody that's out finding joy in my life and, you know, hopefully helping other people do that same. I feel like that's such amazing advice right there of answering that question with who I am, right? Not what I do. And it is, it's, totally the gut reaction. What do you do And filling in that blank? So I love that. Roger, now tell us more about the path from, it's kind of a two-parter here. I'm curious about the path from that moment after the heart attack, when you made this decision that you were going to focus on your bucket list, and then also how that went from you doing your bucket list to then having a podcast as well and bringing others into this world. Yeah. So the one top of the thing list on the, top, the one thing on the top of my list was to do the Camino de Santiago in Spain, which is a 500 mile trek across Northern Spain, takes about 30 days that you walk. And I had been, you know, again, it was in my head for about 11 years. So I'm going to do this. And I bought books and I watched YouTube videos and all this stuff, but I never did it. And so that was the first thing that I wanted to cross off my list. And so I planned the trip in the middle of the pandemic. I, I woke up Many, many mornings, you know, first thing I did was Google EU and open uh, on the Google machine because we were still in lockdown. Everybody was still in lockdown. So I don't think it was, it was like two months before uh, my plane left that I knew that I was actually going to be able to get to go and that Spain would be open and I'd be able to walk. And in that time period, I just kept thinking to myself, well, there's got to be other people that <laughs> are feeling the same things that I am. And so I talked to a friend and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast and I'm going to go on this trip and I'll interview people on this trip. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, that's a that's a perfect idea for you. He said, I have stood next to you and witnessed you meeting new people and getting them to tell you their story. And so it was just a natural fit for me that I would do this. I released a couple of episodes before I left on the trip, but on the trip, I really just decided that, you know, this is my experience and, and it's these people's experience that I'm walking with and, you know, putting this thing of trying to, you know, interview people and folks, I was like, ah, I'll just, I'll just pitch that and uh, experience what was in front of me. And so that's kind of what happened. I came home and I went back to work. The office was open then. And I went into the office and somebody I had worked with who was a close friend for almost four and a half years said, how was your trip? And I said, well, let me show you. And I whipped out my phone and opened this Instagram reel where I had made pretty much just like a slideshow to music of all the selfies that I had taken with people that I had met along the way. And after she watched the 30 seconds, she was like, I've never seen you that happy. And I was just like, I was blown away for two reasons. The first one was, I was super glad that she could see that. Like she could see the joy that I was experiencing in that moment through those photographs. And then the other side of that was, holy cow, I've worked with you for four and a half years and you've never seen me that happy. There's something wrong there. For me, there was. And so a month later, I quit my career and decided that I was going to, you know, raid the retirement fund and take a year off and just do things that brought me joy. And when that happened, I decided, well, I'm going to, I'm going to reinvent, I'm going to reinvigorate this podcast. And I started mid-November of 2021 and just haven't looked back. And it's been a complete um, joy 
I'm reaching 100 episodes, which is a huge milestone for most podcasters. I've you know doubled the amount of episodes that I've put out, and I just really love it and enjoy it being able to tell other people's stories about how they've crossed things off their bucket list. That is so, so fantastic. And there's just, there's so many moments I wanted to dig deeper into, Mm -hmm. but one that I will just highlight, and it almost seems like something small that you mentioned, but it's a really big thing because it's come up in just my observations over recent years a lot is that idea of when you're out and about meeting people that you get them to tell you stories. And that's something that I know that I've always loved. You know, that's my favorite part. As soon as someone introduces themselves to me, I start asking them about themselves and you find out these amazing stories. And I didn't realize how unique that was until Mm. recent years, right? You realize that a lot of people (laughs) don't ask questions or they talk about the same things over and over. So I'm so glad that you, that your, your friend highlighted that you realized that. And then it led to like, oh my gosh, I should delve deeper into this, which I know I feel that same way. of like, oh, I love asking people questions. So let's do something about that. (laughs) And now we both have shows where we get to do that exact thing. Yeah. And it's, I think that's a key to podcasting, right? If it needs to be natural, it needs to be something you're into. It needs to be something that comes very easily to you. And so I've actually started a second podcast uh, with my life partner and she and I review uh, TV shows that we've been watched, been just watch um, that just came out a couple months ago. And then I've got a third podcast coming out in July. That's going to be about um, men's mental health and trauma and generational stuff and uh, toxic masculinity and all those kind of things, because those are, those are things I'm interested in. And I'm super lucky that I have this uh, very wide group of male friends. A lot of guys don't have that uh, where they've got good male friends. And so I'm just going to interview my friends and say, well, you know, what's, what's going on here? (laughs) How have we gotten to this point? I've already recorded the first episode. It was with my best friend for 38 years and he's, he were extremely different. I'm very liberal. He's very conservative. He grew up in a military family. He served in the military and the basis of the conversation is about how, um, our thought we taught, we, the basis of the conversation is how did we first start telling our fathers that we loved them and them telling that to us. And that moved into, when did we start doing that as guys? When did we start saying, I love you and how did that change the relationship and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a, I'm, it's, but it's also very dude-ish. It's not, you know, it's the, the feel is very dude uh, man show back from the nineties. Not, not as, you know, sexist, but it's, but we're, we're raw. And, and yeah. it's a very different kind of conversation than I have on um, the Crossing It Off podcast or To Call the Binge Wife, which is the one I have with my partner. And, uh, yeah. And so I hope that my hope is that, you know, other men can listen and, and really um, enjoy the conversation, but take something away from it. It's not um, that we have a, a, a direct um, view on things. It's just, we're just going to have a conversation and whatever comes of it comes of it. And hopefully it's a good outcome for people. That's fantastic. Now our, this episode here will come out about a couple weeks to a month mm. before that. So be sure that you send that to me and I'll make sure we share it as well. Yeah. That sounds very needed. Very yeah, it's needed it's sure. called bring it in bro. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Wow. You're keeping so busy. So, and that is in addition to, of course, exploring your own bucket list. So I have to ask you Mm -hmm. when you started creating your bucket list, did you have a number that that list came out to that you remember, or was it a constant add on? 
Yeah. So there's two things about the bucket list for me. First is that I think it's very, very valuable. And I talk about this in my book of setting an intention for your bucket list, that there needs to be a reason why you do this. If it's just a list of things to do because you saw people riding in balloons in Cappadocia, or you saw somebody on, you know, on the top of Machu Picchu or somebody at the sunrise at Angkor Wat in Cambodia, that's not necessarily the best reason to have a bucket list. So for me, my intention for my bucket list is uh, to build community, whether that's with people that I've known for a long time or that it's um, people that I've just met. So like for the Camino de Santiago, it hit just perfect because you just meet all these people from all around the world and build uh, friendships and relationships that if you want in this day and age, you can carry on. It doesn't cost me anything to WhatsApp my friend in the UK. It doesn't cost me anything to make a Facebook phone call to, to my friend in, in Italy or Israel or where, wherever they're from. And when I took that three month trip that you talked about in the opening, that trip was really the itinerary for it was based around seeing other people um, that I met on my Camino. I wanted to further those relationships. Yeah, I got to do a bunch of fun stuff, but that trip was really about connecting with those folks that I connected with on the walk. And so the other part of your question is, is for me is that a bucket list should be a living document. And I think that's so important, especially in this culture. You know, I've been in the corporate world and, you know, it seems like if you put anything in an email, all of a sudden everybody's minds just snap to that's what we're doing. And there's, there's no sense of, you know, let's talk about it. Even if you put it in the email and say, hey, this is first idea or this is a rough draft. People are like, oh, no, we can't do that. And it's like, well, we can talk about it, you know. And so for me, a bucket list needs to be that thing where it's a whiteboard in a sense where you can you can add things to it. You can take things off of it that you don't want to do anymore and you can complete things and cross them off. So having that list, it's not about a number for me as far as number of items or, or whatnot. It's about what do I think is going to bring me the most joy in life? I'm going to put that on there and I'm going to revisit it. I have mine on my mirror in my bathroom. So every morning I see it, every night I go to bed and sometimes I just, you know, scribble things out and say, I don't want to do that anymore. For a long time, an uh, example would be Burning Man, uh, the, the festival out in the desert. I, I've just come to the point at 53 that that doesn't need to be on my bucket list anymore. I don't want sand in every crack of my body, you know, for eight days. Like that's just not appealing to me anymore. So, I, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful event, but I'm just not interested in doing it anymore. And it's okay to say, that's all right. I'm at a different time in my life and I want to do that as well as adding things to say, Hey, I'd like to do that. I, you know, I've always wanted to do some kind of service work in Africa and, uh, recently I've changed that to wanting to take a six week trip to Morocco, which is part of Africa, but, um, I'm going to do a lot of different things than I thought I was originally going to do. And that's okay. It, it's, you know, to me, it's the difference between a new year's resolution and a bucket list is that mm -hmm. there can be a lot of shame in a new, in a new year's resolution. If you don't do it, whereas in a bucket list, it's like, I'm going to get to it at some point, maybe. And if not, that's okay. I'm going to keep on going and I'm going to reevaluate that on a regular basis to say, well, what do I need to put on here? What do I need to take off? And what is the necessity of crossing this item off as soon as I possibly can? That's a great perspective on the idea of bucket list too, that you don't have to feel so obligated to everything. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Now, Roger, in talking to so many guests on your podcast and in all these people you're meeting through your bucket list, which I love this theme of community with it, what have been some or a highlight of someone else's story of like a good news moment through them finding their community and bucket list and just kind of all under that theme? Oh gosh, with, with almost a hundred episodes, it would, you know, I don't know how much time you have. So <laughs> uh, I think, you know, when I really, when I'm interviewing folks and I, and I start to really smile and like get into it mm-hmm. is when I ask the question, how have you been transformed? And mm-hmm. the good amount of time is that people say by completing this thing off my list, I gained confidence in other areas of my life. And I get that. And, and it resonated with me too. Cause when I completed the, the Camino, if, if you don't know a lot about the Camino, there are people that do the Camino like every year. They walk yeah. these 500 miles and they get into it and they're passionate about it and they love it. And when I got done and I was in that square, in that plaza, looking up at the cathedral with those amazing spires, I just thought, what's next? You know, for me, I had to do, I talk about this in the book, I had to do something where I completed it and it was a major thing. I'm an Aquarius. So like I have a, uh, you know, a fantastic idea every five seconds. Yeah, so, so my attention span on doing stuff can be uh, a short. And so to complete that and show myself that I could do that and, you know, save the money, take the time off, um, physically walk the distance, oh all God. those things for me, when I was standing there, I just thought, what's next? because I can do this. I have the confidence now that, that I can go out and, and accomplish whatever it is. And I don't necessarily think that in all the um, episodes that I've done, that it's necessarily been these massive, huge things that that happens to people and they feel that feeling. It's more about um, just doing the task or doing, doing the item off your list. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm a big proponent that a bucket list doesn't have to be this these huge exotic trips everywhere. Um, I'm, I mentor someone and she's like, I don't travel. I don't, I don't want to travel. It's not my thing. And I said, okay, well, what are you into? And she's like, I really love Thai food. And I said, okay. And she said, but I can't make it. It's very difficult to make. I said, well, why is not your bucket list just be 12 recipes? We'll go for a year and we'll see if you can just work on one recipe each month, make it once a week and try to perfect that. And that's what her bucket list became. It became these 12 Thai dishes that she wanted to learn how to make. And every month she crossed one of them off. It wasn't very expensive. You you don't have to spend all this money and do stuff. You know, I've had people on the show that, you know, just just reconnected with their children or forgiven their mom about, you know, something that happened when they were younger that caused them trauma. So it, you know, that's another thing about the bucket list is if you go back to the movie that came out in 2007, those two characters did all those crazy things. Like they went to the Himalayas and they went to the top of the pyramids and they did all that stuff. But when it came down to the end of the movie, it was about the best thing that they could do with the remaining time they had was, was heal those relationships with their family. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want people to think outside the box of the hashtag bucket list that they might see on Instagram and these Instagrammable moments, these honeypot destinations, your bucket list can be whatever brings you joy. It doesn't have to be a prescribed thing and it doesn't have to cost you a bunch of money and it doesn't have to take a bunch of time. It's whatever brings you joy. You know, the parallels too, uh, that, you know, I've, I've coaching clients, health coaching clients, and we talk, you know, sometimes it's that goal of, 
being able to take a 20 minute walk, pushing your grandchild in the stroller. And that's a huge thing. And I love that that's completely transferable. That could be called your bucket list item, you know, and like you said, a living, breathing thing that could become something different in, and it can be health focused, or I've heard therapists talk about, you know, these goal settings that could absolutely be transferable to this bucket list. And the whole umbrella aspect of what brings you joy and how you want to live your life and that remaining time. So um, I'm a little obsessed with this, this whole theme here today, Roger. <laughs> so please tell me about any mantras or quotes that you've gone back to over the years when you are forging your own path with, with this whole journey you've been on so far. Yeah, for me, it's definitely, it is what it is. I, I yeah. just can't stress that enough as a good mantra. It is what it is. And it helps me um, control my anger. It helps me control my frustration. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, you're walking 500 miles, which, you know, you know, over a month that equates to probably about 15 to 22 miles a day, it's just, it is what it is and I'll get there and, it, and it'll be fine. And I, I think that that's a dangerous place to be. It's sometimes um, that, that people, if you hear people say that, those are dangerous people because, you know, there's not going to be anything that, you know, throws them off. I, I'm, I'm just more stable person because I accept whatever's in front of me. I accept whoever's in front of me, right? I can't control people. I can't control the weather. I can't control, you know, a lot of things in life. And if you just accept that and say, it is what it is, then you can get through whatever it is that's in front of you. Fantastic. Fantastic. And now a question I've been asking all the guests as of late that I'm loving hearing the responses to. If someone came to you and said, you know, I love what you're doing. I want to make a difference too, but I don't know where to start. I feel overwhelmed. Is there any advice you'd give them? Yeah, it's going to be a quote Great. <laughs> and, and I hope I get it right, but it's from Bob Moses, who was one of the founding members of SNCC during the civil rights movement in the sixties. He went on to create the algebra project uh, that, that uh, spread all over the United States. And he says, don't think of necessarily starting a movement. Do what you think is really needed and set an example through your actions. And by doing that, you should hope that other people see that and do, do something that's valuable to them. And that's just what I try to do. I just try to do what I believe to be the right thing um, and the best thing for me and hopefully for others. And by setting that example of doing the right thing, you know, hopefully that spreads. So the example that I give is, is something that other people can take and it may not take the same form <laughs> of action that I do, but that's great. It doesn't matter. I just want people to reach out and figure out what their um, passion is and what they think is, is to do right and do that. And hopefully other people see that example and do the same. That's so spot on. Thank you for that, Roger. And I just have to add in one more question. Can you share with us what your next bucket list item that you have your eyes on is? <laughs> so I've got three this year. One okay. is uh, crossing off all 50 states. I've been to 48. I've been lingering at 48 for a while. And so I've got Alaska and North Dakota to, to cross off. So I'm, I'm okay. hopefully going to get that. Uh, and then the second thing is I have uh, two friends that I've been friends for 38 plus years. And we're talking about going, doing a, a guy's weekend in Memphis, Tennessee to participate in the world uh, championship of barbecue. 
which is an amazing <laughs> weekend. And the last thing is I'm looking at um, taking six weeks and going to Morocco this fall. Wow. So there's some big ones this year. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Roger, thank you so much. Please tell everybody where they can find you and follow your adventures online. Yeah. The best place to go is crossingitoffpodcast.com. Uh, you can s- listen to the podcast. You can um, see my book and uh, figure out how to order that. And you can also engage with me if you're looking for mentoring services for your bucket list. Great. And I hear that you could, you're always ready to talk about Ted Lasso, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Roger's I'm a, favorite show. I'm a big show fan. It is oh, my big. I adore so, it. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> I just released an episode today that's actually me sharing my bucket list item that um, last year on during my trip I spent a whole day just going to Ted Lasso filming sites. So it was ah, it was a lot of fun. Excellent. I look forward to listening to that one. Oh my gosh, Roger! Thanks for what you're doing. Much appreciated. Thanks, Kate. I appreciate the invitation. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.